welcome again to a novel evening. I'm Danny Carter. You can find me over on Instagram and TikTok as Blotted Ink Books. And this is a bumper episode because I have not one but two authors joining me. Um, they are multi-talented as well, having formed their own publishing imprint, Cloudy Day Publishing. They're also incredibly good friends of mine. Um, yeah, I have super talented friends. It is as annoying as you think. Luckily, they're fabulous. Um, but they are Michael Sarise and Amy Jane Lehan. And all oh my words, I am just, oh, I'm excited for this. This is about to be one of the craziest uh, episodes I think you're ever going to have heard. So let me welcome them both onto the pod. <laughs> Ooh, a big hello to, to Michael Thank and Amy. Okay, hello. <laughs> a big hello to Michael and Amy. Hi. Hello. 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 How are you doing? Wonderful. You, that was really convincing from from both of you. Great. Wonderful. Ma'am, it's ten in the morning on a Saturday. It's uh, it's ten past seven on a Saturday, and I'm in the cupboard. So, <laughs> Amy, we should, we should say that's for recording. For the <laughs> it's not against your will or anything. You're voluntarily in the cupboard. We'll never know. <laughs> well, thank you for staying up late slash getting up early to come and chat with me. Um, so first and foremost, I should congratulate both of you because your books are like imminent, right? They are. They are if imminent. August is imminent. Yeah. August is pretty imminent, I'd say. In terms August of and September. Yeah, that's pretty imminent, I would say. That I'm doesn't so make proud of you for knowing your month. <laughs> it's a, you know, I'd say it doesn't give you a whole lot of time between now and your books being out in the big wide world. No, none at all. Right? Especially, wow. you know, in terms of marketing and getting your books out there, you've got to make the most of that time. For sure. Yeah, we're really good at marketing. <laughs> Definitely, I think so. I would say Michael's <laughs> strength lies in his marketing. Um, for anyone oh, who I think so. I yeah, I believe that is his true calling in life. It really is. For anyone <laughs> who doesn't follow Michael on Instagram, um, you absolutely should. Um, he of doesn't course. wear a lot of clothes. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And when he we does, that's okay. fun me for clothes. Yeah, he it's really needs to sell fun. these books so he can buy some t-shirts basically or pants i mean well trousers jeans what do you call them there trousers yeah he needs so. to be able to buy trousers buy shirts he's just living <laughs> in his sorry. own sorry i wear pants <laughs> yeah you that's the, the whole english fucking pants. issue <laughs> you wear the english pants god bless you i do i do wear english pants god would never bless him no no i feel I feel like that, this is like a crowdfunding thing. It's like GoFundMe at this point. Please just buy Michael some clothes. Sponsor an author. By clothes. You're also an author. So <laughs> I'm going to go to Michael first on that note. Tell me about Ooh. Out of Touch. Tell me about this book that you have written that I'm seeing absolutely everywhere. Start from the beginning. Oh my God. Where did this idea come from? Yes. Um, so I wrote this book very quickly after All of My Friends Are Rich. Um, and it is inspired by uh, my experience as an exchange student back in 2008. 
Um, and then I've built upon that and added a lot of fiction to it. Um, and it's about two boys who find each other online uh, back at the dawn of social media when Facebook was like the cool thing and the new thing and you added people that you didn't know. Um, because I think I think we were coming out of MySpace and MySpace, it was like God cool to have face. a lot of friends. What? I say God bless MySpace. Right. right, it was a good time. It used to be the cool thing, like to have all of these friends that you didn't know. And I think when Facebook started, we sort of did that at the beginning. We didn't know that I don't know that eventually it was going to turn out to be the grandma's social media of choice to you know share conspiracy theory and shit. So, but back then, it was uh, the cool new thing, and I that was an exciting incident and. I got these two boys to add each other and then they start talking night after night and somehow they fall in love. And this and... crosses over a lot of time period, right? And you've got yes. a lot that's happening. It's following their, their lives, right? Yes, it takes place over the course of 12 years in three distinct times. Uh, the first bit is in 2008, the second bit is 2014, and the third bit is 2020. Uh, mind... I wrote this before COVID, so I didn't know COVID was going to happen. So when I typed 2020, I was literally talking about the future. Um, but and luckily, it takes... predicted that, you know? And it takes place in Australian summer, so technically, it could have been before COVID, because... So. Okay. <laughs> I'm gonna get a review and be like why is there no COVID, COVID you have rewritten history yeah. the- we can this definitely go back and universe. add that in yeah you're gonna have to go back and be like P.S. there was COVID this takes place in the multiverse where it didn't happen <laughs> can we live in the multiverse where it didn't happen yeah. take me there wasn't it daunting for you because obviously you're covering such an expanse of time in these boys' lives. Was that daunting to you to know you were going to have to cover such a huge amount of their life? It was. <laughs> yeah, I think it was. It was quite long, but I really um, I got inspired by. Um, I mean, obviously, it does. Um, it is inspired by by real life, but also in terms of fiction, I. Um, I've been obsessed with this movie called Love Rosie with uh, Lily Collins of all people. Um, and it's a rom-com, which is really cute. It's very well written and it takes place over a huge amount of time. And um, and it, it's really roughly the same idea that um, sort of real life is hard. And, you know, even if you want something it may not happen because life has other ideas and it's it's roughly the same sort of concept. Um, but it's nice to go uh, and follow these characters as they grow because obviously people change so much. Um, and they also change so much because they go through so much trauma. So like the, uh, the main characters of the first act are very different from the rest of the book because they're young and they're stupid and they're naive. And, you know, they're in love, but then eventually real life happens and they become more jaded and a little bit more aggressive. No, <laughs> they, they're, they're more just aggressive, right. bad people at some point. And um, 
So it, it was kind of nice. It felt like writing different characters each time. Yeah. Um, but yeah. And when you're writing a love story as well, I guess it's, you know, it's really easy to go for the happy ever after kind of the easy story. Whereas this is a story about real life and what relationships are really like, especially, you know, long distance over yep. the internet. It's really focusing on the truth of that, which is that it's not easy. Yeah, it starts very much like the fairy tale. Um, and uh, we made, uh, I made sure that it, like a fairy tale, like it very much starts most young adult books do. Like it's very almost magical. And then it sort of descends into <laughs> much darker territory. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah and we've all been there you start off you know young love and you're rosy cheeked and you're full of you know hope and then reality sets in as time goes on but I think, and then, I think but you still that... look back yeah. and think about it and you're like oh you know it used to feel so special and magical and I think uh, that's what the book is about they keep living they keep living their lives and they still remember this special thing that happened to them and the special person that was essentially the one that got away uh, multiple times. And what do you think it is that draws people to reading love stories and reading these like complicated, messy tales? Because people suck in real life. <laughs> like relationships are gross. <laughs> it's kind of nice to see. I don't know something and I think this is what this is why young adult has become so popular with real adults um just because they want to find that very that like ingenuity and that nice that little fuzzy feeling right that we don't get yeah. to very often and, you know people are more pure they you know and there isn't like you know the biggest issues usually when you're that young you're like oh my parents won't let me out this late or i don't know like i saw him with another girl for two seconds ah my life is oh i miss that very little yeah Yeah. (laughs) i miss that that being the drama drama. in my life yeah i miss that it's so like like, i study for nothing and i'm never gonna i don't know I hate myself and I'm depressed and I can't find the job of my dreams like it's not that it's very much like oh he hasn't smiled at me today uh oh do you know what I do I think we have a nostalgia for the teenage years yeah when we're in it in the trenches you forget that being a teenager is fairly shit but then when you're older and you look back and you're like oh my god I had it so easy school be like God, my biggest responsibility is to study like these oh. couple of pages. Yeah. Oh no, I have to do homework. Mm, like, <laughs> I have to pay a mortgage. Oh, like, <laughs> what is my life? And Amy, I'm gonna swing round to you a minute, and we're Woo! gonna talk about Asta. Because yeah, that's, that's I know not living a... living a teenage dream. <laughs> no. So I know that Speaking this of... your novel is obviously quite a personal tale to you, and is something that I think from reading is definitely somewhere I feel like you've put your heart on your sleeve with this book. So tell us about Asta Price. Tell us about this character you've made and where the story came from. Oh God, okay. Um, where it came from is, it's based quite specifically on some things that happened to me as a teenager. And I wrote a couple of pages and sent them to Michael and he was like, you've got to write and make this into a whole book. 
And I said, do I have to? And he said, yes. So <laughs> sort of how it came to be. But it is um, based on some things I went through as a teenager. My teenage years were not rosy in any way, shape or form. Um, so it is quite personal. But from like the midpoint on, there's a little bit more of, I guess, wish fulfillment of things I wish had happened to me after these events that didn't happen. So, uh, yeah. And how did that feel when you're writing? I mean, I've tried to write personal stuff myself and I think it swings between kind of cathartic and intimidating. How does it feel when you're putting that to, to paper? Um, initially, it was it, it was really daunting to know that I wanted it to, I wanted it to feel a very, very specific way. I didn't want it to be this cookie cutter, this happens to this girl and then this is her response and then everything works out happily ever after in the end. So I think my biggest worry was it feeling authentic to what I had been through and authentic to people who hadn't had that cookie cutter experience. So there was that and it was cathartic in a way. Um, there was a fair bit of crying <laughs> and just frustration because I just, I just wanted it to be so much healing for me and people who had felt that way too. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I obviously, I, when I was growing up, I did not have an idyllic uh, teenage life. My home life was fairly complicated. And what I really loved picking up your book is that it's really refreshing to read those situations on paper and know, actually, it's okay to read a book about stuff like this. Like what's happened to you is actually okay. And it's okay for you to pick a book up that shares this. I, I yeah, think I think a lot of, I think a lot of teen books tend to, I mean, if they don't kill off one or both of the parents, or they're not a fantasy book, they have a very idyllic mum, dad, 2.5 siblings kind of formulation. And that's just not the reality for a lot of us at all. Yeah. Like I had two parents and it wasn't idyllic in any way. And to find a book with that was extremely hard as a teenager. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing. I think it's recognizing the messier elements and kind of going back to Michael's story as well it's picking up a book and seeing familiar messy sides of people that are not usually highlighted in books, I think is so refreshing, especially in YA. Cause like I said, I don't think you get to, unless it's like Jacqueline Wilson, right? Where you pick it up and it's like, yeah. but it always has like a nice little, do you know what I mean? There's a nice little. Yeah. And there's never, there's never multiple traumas. It's, it's always <laughs> one single character having the one singular problem and all of their friends around them are happy, well-rounded people. Asta is not that. Her life is a mess. Everyone around her is living in mess. Like it's, it's authentic because even though you're having your trauma, your friend is going through stuff too. Like it's not just the single vision story, which is not what I wanted at all. I wanted it to reflect what life is actually like. Just because you're suffering doesn't mean other people aren't. Oh my God. Absolutely. Absolutely. And obviously you guys kind of, you wrote these two books kind of simultaneously, right? Or at least you were kind of crossing over as you were writing with each other. How was it? So to kind he, of he, he had written, he had written um, Out of Touch like before we met. Right. So oh my goodness. I, I didn't know I, I, I came in, I, after I read All of My Friends Are Rich, um, I then read Out of Touch and then he bullied oh, me to write Esther and yeah, here we are. I didn't know that. So you got like the sneaky peek. Yeah. She got the very early version. 
oh that's cool so did you kind of I know you guys kind of lean on each other during the writing process yeah. how do you find that compares to kind of because obviously writing usually is quite a solo activity you're kind of on your own doing it how does it feel when you've got someone there that you can bounce ideas off of or you can show early drafts to and be like is this okay is it good like do you, I mean what's how does that feel for you different how you know when you wrote all my friends are rich how did that kind of differ um I mean all of my friends are rich just feels like a very different because the process has been uh me and Amy now for quite a while so like it, all my friends are rich almost feels like the outlier yeah. of my books um but I think I was in such a different place space when I whenever all of my friends are rich and I was trying to um I think like Amy was said was saying uh, about trying to heal through writing. I think that was very much the same for me when I wrote All oh, My Friends Are Rich and I was trying to um come to terms with my bipolar uh diagnosis and like I was I had started medication and it wasn't really working and it was uh, I just I just found writing to be that escape and then after I wrote that I wrote out of touch afterwards as it's meant to be like my happy story, which didn't end up being. Um, but um, then oh, Amy and I met um, when she um, forced a way into my life. She has a way of doing that. I do. But I, I literally forced my way into his life. I slid into his DMs and I was like, you've got a book where it's my copy. <laughs> she did oh. say that. I, I literally. Like, and yeah. then that was it that was the start of this beautiful friendship part it was, yeah. yeah he'll never be rid of me of like the biggest pest you will ever meet <laughs> I mean, and you do it across oceans which i think is nothing short of impressive yeah Thank we do you. we try we try so hard <laughs> yeah and that's the other thing because obviously you're in the uk michael and you're all the way in yeah. australia Again, has that distance ever been something when you're working together that's been an issue or do you just not even notice it? Well, I think in the beginning... You may talk, my lord. At the beginning, Amy wouldn't sleep ever. So right. that made our time difference like nothing. <laughs> it made, it made editing was... out of touch and dream. Yeah. <laughs> Right, so but you were also, just literally insomniac there. 24 yeah, yeah. It was the beginning of COVID lockdown. Like sleep was not my best friend. I was awake all night. Um, but now we have a very good like. Well, at the moment it's very bad programming, but usually we have like a good system with our time zones. Like I know that I'm three hours. This is like a three hour difference in my head. Like it's ten there, it's seven here. So it's right three hours and flip the meridian so that's how I work it out in my head okay you look very cute yeah I'm like if I'm honest with you maths and numbers aren't really my strong points you said that I was like mm, yes <laughs> it's trying to work it's out in my head like wait what but in terms of but, writing um, I, I find, I find yeah. it good because I can I could write a whole chapter and send it to Michael and be like it's your problem now <laughs> that's exactly what happened yes and I think to writing we we kind of found a way very early I think um I think 
you know, when you sent Asta, um, it was just one chapter, maybe two. Was it just one? I think you two chapters for Asta yeah. right at the beginning. The opening one, the original opening, and chapter 11. Yeah. And I think, um, I think we also, what works for us is that we look at writing in a different way. Like, I'm very much, I'm very much about the bigger picture. So, like, if Amy sends me a chapter, I'd be like, you know, um, my feedback will be around the the tone of the scene, of the pacing, or like the dialogue, uh, those kind of things. Whereas when I send my chapters to her, it's very much about the journey and the words and the why. I don't know. Yeah, the why. It's it's about the why. <laughs> the why yes I obviously co-write with my best friend as well and we're very similar like I'm very good again like I love dialogue I love action but and I write really fast so I'll just be like blah, 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 I'll get it all out and then I'm like find all the mistakes and she's very like she can hone in on like the little details and she's like you've used this word nine times I'm just gonna change them all so when you have opposites it works well right it does work well yeah and so I'm, I'm very much about Michael will be like I've got this idea and I'm going to do this I'll be like but why and he'll be like but, but why and it would just be this whole series of why until he's like okay <laughs> I don't have a why I don't have a why so we've I, I also had that I'll be like I have this very vague little image in my brain I don't know how I got there. I don't know how what's going to happen. I don't know what this means. And then it'll be like, okay, let's sit down and get there. But also, it will be a lot of the why. And I'll be like, I just want it. That's good for you. And I'll be like, but why? Yeah, it's forcing you to think about the whys, right? It's forcing very you to annoying. have a reason. Very annoying. Yes. It's very, it's wonderful. <laughs> like, it's annoying. It, it makes but... me think. It's good. We, we like a good plot. Yeah, we do. That's good. And I'm gonna. But we definitely, we definitely approach in different ways. To yes. cloudy day. So tell oh, us yeah. about cloudy day, and tell me how this started. So we obviously have two authors writing, yeah. writing two books that also I'm just gonna say for you can't see them obviously because this is a podcast, but you need to go online and look because aesthetically they're very pleasing together. Um, which I'm sure was not deliberate at all, but if you were to put them side by side <laughs> on the shelf, they look beautiful together. So tell me then where Cloudy Day Publishing came from. Okay, well, Cloudy Day started with all of my friends are rich. Um, so um, when I first started writing, I never like even entertained the idea of going traditional. Um, I don't know why. Um, but I think I was watching like a lot of YouTube videos at that time and everyone was like, oh, you know, you can have full control and like do all of these things. And um, so painful. that really, mm -hmm. <laughs> but that really appealed to me. And then I, I think, um, I think because the book was so special to me, I, it was really important to, um, to, <laughs> it was important for me that the product was exactly what I wanted it to be so like I wanted a cover to be proud of and a you know format that I was proud of uh, and all of these things um so 
I looked into it, did research, and and then something that's really important when you do um, indie publishing is to have um oh god what's it called an imprint yes yeah 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 <laughs> yeah because otherwise uh when it shows up in the systems and like bookshops and things like that it will just uh have some stupid name like you know amazon published or ingram spark um so i very early on uh i knew that I, it had to have an imprint and and I dedicated it to my dog, who is Cloud, and he's a husky. So that's the logo. It's actually, it's actually made on his face. Uh, it's his little face. Uh, and, we, and I called it Cloudy Day, and it was. Um, I knew that all of my books eventually will tackle uh, mental health, so I thought about you know everyone has a cloudy day. Uh, and that's and that's what happened. And then I released my children's book, The Golden Boy, um, under the same imprint. And then, and then Amy and I started discussing the future of our books. Um, so, like, <laughs> there we go. It just made sense to use the existing logo rather than trying to do something fresh it was already there yeah. it's already established and we knew that we wanted to mimic traditional publishing um, yeah. I think a lot of people are more accepting of an indie book when it mimics traditional publishing yeah I was gonna say that because I know that I self-published a book a long time ago we won't talk about it too much um <laughs> oh, we will. but uh... <laughs> Oh, no, no, I was 18. There were some choices made. But I know that for, you know, indie publishing, it has been at times kind of sneered upon, right? By kind of other authors, yeah. by book bloggers. And it has a lot of, it has that connotation of like being smart. And I read smart, like no shade. But I think people <laughs> think indie and they, they immediately think smart. And oh, yeah. Obviously, and I love smart. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, smart. No, 100%. But obviously, Out of Touch and Asta are not in that. No. realm unless you have some very specific weird kinks <laughs> <laughs> no shade uh, <laughs> okay, no shade <laughs> yeah so and then I think yeah we really wanted it to be like traditional and we um, you know we took pride in getting the right cover making sure it looked the part and the covers um, are stunning they're absolutely they're both beautiful and thank i've you. also seen your like special editions like yes <laughs> i know some and there was also something important i did that for um all of my friends are rich when you buy the hardcover it has um a slightly different artwork underneath and and then when you open the book there is another piece of art um in there uh like i did that cover page yeah and I was, I, I I just loved when people opened the book and found these images and they were like, oh, what a nice surprise. And that sort of became our, it was like a trademark. Um, as soon as we discussed uh, the possibility of like doing Asta, um, I was immediately like, okay, but we have to do it the cloudy day way. And Yeah, it um... wasn't a discussion. It was, <laughs> there, there will be more art. Yeah, I'd be like, the hardcover needs to be special. Because obviously we're releasing paperback and hardback at the same time. And yeah. hard 
hardback is more expensive because uh, it's more expensive to print and I feel like there would be no incentive for you as a consumer to buy a product that you can get for cheaper um, so we needed to make it worth somehow um, especially oh, in like so the UK beautiful. and Australian markets where we don't opt into hardcover right away like Americans tend to go to hardcover that's their, that's their first release yeah usually yeah it comes a long way after yeah so it also just helps like the UK Australian everywhere else kind of market if the hardcover appeals in an additional way oh we're such sluts for the hardcover as well we <laughs> are we just if it's a pretty hardcover I'm getting it yeah and like it's it just looks better and like all of these things and you know we really wanted to make it special um and then yeah that that was sort of the conversation and also um it's we also wanted to mimic traditional with tinings and everything like we announced the books quite early because we wanted to give a, give ourselves time to market it properly and send it to people so they can read it in advance um thing, which people is... look down on indie publishing but when it's just you and you're having to do publicity marketing printing you know you're doing all of the jobs that you know if you've got somewhere like a hot escape have seven departments you yeah. know and you guys are working <laughs> yeah. for australia you're working for you and, and they have a budget yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know about you guys, my budget was not pounds when I was doing mine. Like, it was whatever I could, like... Ours is currently thoughts and prayers, so. <laughs> That's, That's my favourite type of budget. Yeah. But, you know, That's when you're trying to do it yourself, the risks are so much higher. You're putting in your, you know, your own personal funds at times. So I think when people look, especially if you're doing printed, you know, if you're doing it on just Kindle or something, it's slightly different. You still have to yep. market that. You still have to get it out there. You still have to make your time and effort worth it. But when you're actually putting out a print, a printed book, the risks are so much higher. I never understand people who look down on like indie publishing. It's like, oh, because you're doing all of it. Yeah, yeah. I think I think indies get a bad situation just because of, the, the quality yeah <laughs> I think and also uh, I think lot, there's yeah. such a such a big rush I don't know a few years ago where everyone seemed to be churning out just the direct to Kindle like when Kindle Unlimited really took off yes I mean every man and their dog was pushing out smut and it was all you know poorly edited and poorly yeah. formatted and it was just yeah <laughs> yeah bad. that's the thing it's it's quite easy to build a bad reputation for something than it is to build a good one but you know you guys have done such a beautiful job with Asta and with Out of Touch they're stunning the hard editions are just unreal and the work and dedication you guys put in as well is is amazing to see you know following you guys on cloudy day and seeing the work you're putting in seeing all the reviews I mean it's oh, they're gonna do so well I'm like excited for you guys because I see all the reviews <laughs> coming in and I'm like, like, it's so exciting. Oh, it is exciting. And um, and I think w we did say, you know, after these, we can, you know, build up on the brand and maybe include more books and other people. Um, as long uh, as, <laughs> as long as we have like this sort of, God wanky but like this brand in mind and we you know stay true to it I think yeah. that's what's important to us
Yeah, and that's what I was going to ask is what is the future for you guys and Cloudy Day? Before we move on to your novel evening, what does the future hold for you two and for Cloudy Day? I think the future holds, like, like Michael said, we want to sort of hopefully publish more of our own books if, you know, that's where we're working towards, I guess. Um, I probably would have to write something between now and my death for that to happen also. You will have to write a book for that to happen. That's probably rule one of being able to publish your own books is that you write yeah. one. I know, but I did this wildly stupid thing and got a job, which is incredibly limiting in terms of writing time, it turns out. Who knew? Very annoying for us. <laughs> Very annoying for us. Um, and also, like Michael said, including other people and bringing them into the brand because when we decided to do this crazy idea and self-publish these books we were like we're going to set ourselves up to do this properly so we have you know the software to format and stuff now instead of having to hire somebody else we've we've made ourselves sort of self-sufficient there well Michael has I can't do it (laughs) (laughs) one of us had to learn and it was him it was me but that's exciting. Yeah. And what I love is you guys are getting it done. Like it's it's an exciting time because you know there's lots of possibilities there, which I think is it's if anyone who's like listening to this who's thought about doing indie publishing is worried about like the stigma or is worried about whether or not they can do it, like hearing you guys is really inspirational because it can be done. It can, yeah. It definitely can be done. And it can be done well. You just need some time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you need a friendship like you guys and you basically need you know me and key have it she's my michael she gets the, the nitty-gritty done and all this stuff that i really can't be asked to do um, <laughs> like editing we're, we're lucky we've had it we've had a very like natural division of labor i think like yeah. it was never any question i i was never going to be formatting the book like that was that was never on the table I, I will be for an editor no yeah, it's, it's just yeah, no. Be editing, but whereas I'm like, ooh, what color? I can't even make a. I can't even make a graphic. I'm like Michael. Can, can you make this picture pretty? That's the thing. I, I can't move I'm like the creative genius, right? I'm the one. I'm the ideas factory that churns out these beautiful ideas, and then she's got to make them a reality and make them functional. Yeah. I think. I think we're lucky. We're both the idea factory. Yeah. Um, and in terms of plotting. We were both like just randomly out of nowhere, we'd be like, oh my God, I've had the greatest idea for a book. And it makes no fucking sense to anybody else, but it works for it us. It actually does, though. <laughs> it does. We get A few there. hours later. Yeah. 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 Well, do you think at some point we're going to see a co author book between the two of you? Is that a possibility? <laughs> we are writing a book together. Um, it's very different it's very it different is. to out of touch nesta so if anyone picks up this book after out and touch nesta i mean god be with you we apologize now oh i mean so far there's been a lot of melons a very large headdress <laughs> yeah uh, i think that's, I think that's all you need to, to say is a lot of melons yeah yeah i think I I think the funniest thing about this process, and um, I mean, with, writing the book with, together, with, with when I, you know, whenever I add a touch of, you know, it's it's 
my story, whatever, like, and then, you know, Amy goes through it, etc. But when we write the book we're writing together, there's this element of, like, surprising the other. Like, we know more or less yeah. what the, you know, the general yeah, plot Yeah, we've, got a, whole, we've got a whole outline. We've got an outline. Like, yeah. <laughs> but it's what but you then, do inside that outline. <laughs> yeah, and then we write these singular chapters, and I... Maybe like it's your, it's your problem now, um, but it's always. I mean, so far at least, there's always been like a random bit in every scene, just written to make the other one laugh, and it's worked very well. <laughs> it's great. I mean, you you get this like Michael be like, okay, I'm done. It's your turn, and he'll send me. Well, he doesn't send it to me because we we share it, but like I'll yeah. go and open it and read it. And it's his chapter, and I have no, I, I know generally where, like, point A to point B, I know where we're supposed to be going, but I have no fucking idea what that journey is, and sometimes I text him, I was like, I can't even breathe because I'm laughing so bad, and it's the same thing in reverse, like, I'll write a chapter, and I'll be like, it's your turn now, and he'll read it, and he's got no idea what's coming, because he probably doesn't <laughs> even know where the outline is, Yeah. And he'll read it, he'll read it, he'll be like, I don't know what to do after this, so it's a complete... <laughs> It's a complete surprise. It probably doesn't work for everyone else, but it's working yeah. great for us. It is, yeah. So <laughs> people I'm just found it funny. So I'm hoping you guys <laughs> yeah. are gonna bring this this energy to your novel evening. So I'm guessing we're gonna do like oh, cool. one novel evening between the two of you, but I'm guessing you guys have no idea who the other is gonna bring. Okay. I told Michael that I wasn't gonna tell him who I was gonna bring, and then I told him you <laughs> So that went excellently. Okay. I mean, it, 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 it was a solid. It was a solid two minutes where I wasn't going to tell you. Yeah, that, <laughs> that's really holding out as well. That, mm. That's willpower. We don't operate. We don't have secrets. It doesn't work like that. No. No. Okay. So the first thing is between you, we have to decide where we're going to go. <laughs> where did we say? Where did we say? Why is it me? Why? okay look danny we're just going to be completely honest with you here we've done very little prep work for this that's fine However. so you better make a decision you've got to pick yeah. someone you're okay. gonna go okay so like a fictional world i mean yeah if it's like, been in a book this, you can have this it is, this is so fucking bad my, my brain is immediately like hunger games which is not the <laughs> ideal place to have a dinner it's not I, Generally speaking, parties don't go so great, but no, they don't. Which part? Of I don't think games? Do you mean either. like the arena? I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Michael, how do you feel about a a party at the arena of Hunger Games? That makes me, you know, uh, the guest I was going to have makes it, you know, very useful in this scenario. Oh, so, unlike Amy's. <laughs> Okay, I mean, oh, that's interesting. Okay, so we're going to go with the, the arena. The, the arena. From the second. From the second one, okay. Oh, yeah, from the second. Catching fire. We like a bigger budget. Thank you. <laughs> we like a bigger budget. Uh, more death. We so, we so should have prepped. For more death, yeah. It's fine, it's we fine. So death. we're going to catching fire. We're going to, to the, uh, is it the quarter quail games in that one? Oh, it's all stars. <laughs> oh, it's all stars. It um, is all stars. Featuring us three and whoever you're bringing. 
Yeah, we're doing I, Hunger Games. Okay. I've never seen one. So, Michael, let's go to your first guest who's going to join us in the Hunger Games. I've lost my fucking mind. Are you okay? Okay, so uh, okay. my <clears throat> guest is one of my favorite book characters of all time. And I figure since we already have a crazy Amy on the call, why not have another one? Wow, that's rude. That's so rude. <laughs> so my guest is Amy Elliott Dunn from Gone Girl. Oh, ooh, in the Hunger Games. Oh, God. Okay. See? Oh, my God. I so need to revise my character because I'm going to sound like No, a no, no. You have to fucking... keep a character now. Please. No, it's too late now. These people have got to come. If we're actually doing the Hunger okay. Games, we're all dead anyway because he's just bought Amy Dunn. We're dead. I, this, yeah. one, this, this one is well dead. We're screwed already, so that's a good that's a good start. Why Amy Dunn, Michael? Why is she one of your favorite characters of all time? Sometimes you read a book and you're like, I can't see myself in this person. And then I I remember reading Gone Girl, and it was um it was Nick's part. Nick's part comes first, and I was like, God. And then she appears, and I was like, oh, there I am. <laughs> Look. We are not selling ourselves. So you're inviting I mean, me is... down because you guys are soulmates? You're like soul I... flames? I to fake my death and make someone else pay for it. Like, it's it speaks to my soul. I mean, I'm not gonna lie, big sames, big sames. I'm here <laughs> judging you, and I'm like, I agree. <laughs> it's just this whole like, haha, I'm not dead, and then just witnessing the other party just crumbling. Like it's just. And then I watched the movie, and I, I left. I was like, oh, I feel so seen. Look at her. I think okay. we both felt that though. When we when we watched the movie again, we were like, we really relate to her, and that's bad. <laughs> I it is wonderful. a lot of women related to her and they were like, yes. I think it's when she writes, she fake writes all the diaries and I'm like, God, <laughs> that's the level of commitment. Yeah, that attention to detail, we commit. Yeah, I'm like, I, oh that's God. totally what I would do. I would go too far and be like, right, I'm going to I'm gonna Photoshop photos for like the last that, 20 that years. Honestly, and... that's how I would know you weren't dead because I'd be like, he has not thought this out. He does not I'd take be reading this the diary. I'd, I'd be reading the diaries and I'd be like, this is this is a bad plot, Michael. What have you done? Michael doesn't write <laughs> diaries and he doesn't take pictures with other people. He's wearing clothes. What is this? He's not dead. <laughs> no, <laughs> okay. Thank you. So, Amy, who are you bringing oh, to your team on okay. the <clears throat> I really feel like I should have permission to revise this, but I'm going to roll with it anyway. Fuck it. it. Peter Rabbit. <laughs> Yeah, Peter Rabbit. He is dead. <laughs> I should tell you this. Peter died when the klaxon went off. Peter, Peter Rabbit is my choice because he's uh, fast. He and is he fast. A, he is wily. He has a bitching really jacket. Yeah. And he has a bitching jacket. Like, he's there. And has he got, like, and, a little uh, chief thing going on? He's quite dumb. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm old. I haven't read the book in a very long time. <laughs> but... I was thinking about it the other day and I thought, what character? And into my head popped Peter Rabbit and I thought, fuck it, let's go with it. I love that you were also the person that suggested the arena at the Hunger Games and you chose Peter Rabbit, so... Yeah. 
you have, I have very you little have impulse control. He does, very but true. he's wily. I mean, he doesn't have thumbs, which might be a problem because he can't actually use weaponry. Um, but he you don't can need fucking burrow. thumbs when you're running. Yeah, you don't need thumbs when you're running. Burrow. He'll wait this out. He will. Exactly. He's done. Like, God, you should have let me pick a different person. So you've got <laughs> Amy, Amy Dunn and Peter Rabbit. Is there anybody else that you want to invite to your teams? Oh, my God. Uh, I mean... Like, can I... Can I just say Thor, just for the sake of having something big, muscular, and able to kill shit? It's so funny. Thor. Thor. It's so funny, because then you're like, you know, you also you obviously said you can invite uh, characters or authors, but now I don't want to invite any authors, because, like, poor things. Be like, imagine poor Nina Lacour next to us, and Amy Dunn, and Peter Rabbit. And I don't know, I could think well, of a few. I don't oh, want that. We know, we know oh. you <laughs> I just yeah, this feels who? like a fever dream. Now we got Peter Rabbit, Amy Dunn, us three, Thor, in the middle of some kind of battle royale situation. I see no downside to this, quite frankly. I, mean, I would personally lean to the party. Oh, who was that? Hoover. <laughs> the vacuum cleaner. No. <laughs> Colleen Hoover. Oh my god! I'm just all I heard was Hoover, and I was thinking about how when you send me the photos, yeah, Henry and Henry (laughs) can also come. So, Colleen Hoover, what's your reasoning for inviting her along? Whatever happens, the rest of us should be writing trauma porn. So you know, write a cracking book about whatever happened to us, and you know, she's the one for Amy Dunn and Peter Rabbit. Yeah, like it would be. Filthy. They might team up, guys. They might actually be our nemesis. We're real. We're going in here real cocky oh. about Peter Rabbit, and that I might be our downfall. Peter Rabbit. I think he may be the winner. I don't know why I'm allowed to have free thought. Just... <laughs> <laughs> so out of your books, who would you invite? Oh, oh, that's a good question. Bear in mind, they're probably going to die. So. <laughs> Oh my god, we should pick we, we should pick each other's. Oh yes, oh okay. I uh, go, you go. I need to compose myself. <laughs> um I would get after herself, because she knows her way around this blade. Oh, and she dies at the end, so wish fulfillment. <laughs> Her her dream finally happened. <laughs> okay, Asta's coming. Asta's coming, and I. Do you know what? If I was going to put some money on someone, I think I'd. But well, I'm in it, so I'm going to bet against myself. But I probably put my money on. We're Asta. not betting. Yeah. We I know I didn't get you in like on five minutes. Rabbit. You know that. <laughs> Michael's so Maybe. trusting. He would just yes. kill him. Who are you going to pick from Michael's books? Oh, from all of the books or just in general? Yeah, you can choose any of his books. Um, no, I'm going to, I am going to pick uh, Kyle, which nobody will know who that is unless they've read, read Out of Touch, but that's who I'm picking. And I hope that Peter Rapper gets him in his dick. With oh. his little rabbit teeth. 
Okay. So okay. Kyle, should we explain? Yeah, explain Kyle. Why Why do we want I mean, to I mean, you can sort of explain Kyle, yeah. What's that? You can sort of explain Kyle without, like, giving yeah. away. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, obviously, when you read the other cards, I said the first third is very much the fairy tale. And then the second act is very much where everything sucks. And the story is about Teddy and Vincent and their love story. But during the second act, uh, Vincent is actually engaged to another man called Kyle. Oh, that's and... what you want to get in the arena. And he's a bit of a not great person. He's got issues. He's got a few issues. He does. Well, he's um, going to get to figure those out pretty swift. With yeah, the and he, he loves a drug, so oh. loves them. So he may not have them in the arena. No. Ooh. I mean, that works in our favour, though. I'm just saying. It does. The odds well, are in our favour. The odds are definitely in our favour. <laughs> That's fine. It would just be it'd just be Peter Rabbit in front of him just waiting it out and just like arms crossed, be think, like, yeah. He will think bitch. he is so high as a fucking car. <laughs> There's a little rabbit in a jacket like standing in front of him. He's like, fuck, where the fuck am I? Thor walks past, Henry the Hoover, Colleen Hoover, just the Colleen Hoover would be writing about it. Be like Colleen Hoover, we need yeah. someone to take her out before she can write that damn book. I mean, I st- I I'd like to read that. I'd be like, you know, Peter Rabbit with another button jacket and a trident. Just <laughs> I couldn't kill Peter Rabbit. That's gonna be my downfall. I couldn't. That do it. will be your See, downfall. It's actually a genius character. Fucking props to me. Yeah, you. How do you kill Pete, little Peter Rabbit in his little blue suede jacket? That's how you get them. That's that's it. I have no feelings whatsoever about killing you two. That's fine. But Peter Rabbit. Oh, thank you. If Honestly, like given, given the chance, we'd probably just take ourselves out. Like, <laughs> be like, all right, you're out. This is, but, so this, like, this is too much effort for us. We're out. I think this is the question that you guys will have an easier answer for. Is mm-hmm. there anybody that's not allowed to join us in the arena? Which usually, when it's a party, is easier because it's people you don't like. Whereas in this. <laughs> It's you've slightly honest, subverted the party theme. We did. You but have to be really, honest, it's still really going to be that. how many people we like. But it's still going to be that case because, like, if we're going to die, we don't want annoying people around us. No, exactly. You don't, the last thing you want to see is not going to be. You want to be able to see people you're proud to be killed by. Exactly. So it works the same way. <laughs> you've really like. cut that list down to nothing. <laughs> So you must have someone you don't want there. Be it character, be it the spill the tea. Oh gosh, no, seriously, I don't like anybody. <laughs> really doesn't. It's true. I'm very honest. I'm a nice person. At least pretend I'm a decent person. Like who literally, do you, who do you not? What? Who's the one character author? that you do not want to be looking into your eyes as the light fades from them. Oh, God. Gooby-Doo. <laughs> Who was that? Gooby-Doo. You are awful at this. Why, why Scooby? What's wrong with Scooby? Scooby is perfect. I don't want to look into sad 
dog eyes as I'm dying. Like that's fair. She is the biggest fan to be fair. I am a very big fan. And I just tend to say what comes straight into my head and here we are. Mm -hmm. You don't you don't want to cause Scooby pain. No. No, my other my other like brain thought was Smurf Fat, which is equally nonsensical, but here we are. Smurf Fat. Yeah. Michael, do you have anything I mean, you want to add? I was gonna say if you kill Smurf Fat, like that's the end of the bloodline Smurf line. Smurfs. Exactly. Like, see? I'm like that. I'm a conservationist at heart. <laughs> I would be no Smurf the Smurf left. line. Look, I'm not inviting Charlie from Heartstopper because because he annoys me, <laughs> especially the TV show version. Oh but... God! <laughs> I'm gonna get I'm gonna get like crucified. You're gonna get desperate. You can't get crucified. It's Jesus's weekend. Yeah, this is the one weekend, no one else. This is about Jesus. Don't take that from him. Fine. He's got nothing else, Michael. He gets Christmas and Easter, okay? Uh, He's got got gets plenty. He gets gets more than his fair share. If you want to be crucified, Michael, you know what to do it. Anytime. He won't have to go. We will get crucified (laughs) for saying Charlie. Yeah, that's it's bold, but it's honest, and I'm here for honesty. If he's the last person you want to see on, you know, your death. God, right? yeah, just the whole like uh, that whole do thing. Yeah, I did the voice. No. <laughs> yeah, no, not it's a no to Charlie. It's Thank a you. no. Well, this no. we didn't love. Been... We didn't love the show. No. No. This oh God, has been one happening. of the strangest novel evenings. Um, I think I'm proud. Had... I'm deeply sorry. <laughs> We've had some weird ones, but I think you guys have absolutely topped it for oddness. Like... There's more death than there usually is. Um, there's more hoovers than there usually is, both <laughs> Colleen and Henry. Uh ah, ah. I don't know what it says about me as a person that I heard Hoover and immediately thought Henry. I thought buy a Hoover as well, and I was like, Shark Dyson? Like, can we get Maybe that that's her that's her weapon. That's her weapon. She That's what we get oh, is God, Hoover. Pauline Hoover just like what like someone do art of that, please. I will require Oh my god. who's that guy who does all the paintings? Jim will paint it. I'm going to have to be like, please, can you do Colleen Hoover holding a Hoover in the middle of the Hunger Games with Peter Rabbit you just and say... Dad and Thor. Okay, Bob the Ross. guy that does all the painting. Just just like, in heaven Ross. and be like, what is this shit? <laughs> and then you just gently paint the stream. This is an absolute fever dream, if I'm honest with you. Um, well, thank you. Thank <laughs> This has been interesting. And before I let you go, uh, I'm, I'm meant to ask you if you're reading anything at the moment. It feels slightly irrelevant after the goings on that we've just had. Um, but are, are you reading anything at the moment? I am reading the second Percy Jackson because I'm a mature adult. Oh. Okay. I've never read those books. Yeah, well, you're missing out. I should give them a little go. I should give them a go. And I have been told that I should. So one day I shall. 
they're easy reads. You can read them about 30 seconds flat. <laughs> There's no nothing there. <laughs> <laughs> You've written for 12-year-olds. You're selling this to me so much. Look, um, I don't know if you've noticed, but I'm not really good at the sales aspect of this. We've just had a whole conversation about how good you guys are at marketing. Yeah. Oh, no, not me. I mean, my, uh, my skills. <laughs> we would have never gotten there. Why can't you be reading anything at the moment? I, God. I haven't read in a very long time, but I have this book, again, by Neil LaCour, which I have read basically 90% of it, and I have just such few pages missing, and I still haven't finished it. Like, I don't which even one? know what it is. Uh, Everything Leads to You, um, mm. which is a great book, by the way. Um, I know, I sent you a copy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, also, yeah, I'd like to take this seconds of the interview to really send a standing ovation to Nina Lacour because she's our goddess and inspiration <clears throat> every day. We do. I'm glad she's... that we've moved on from killing people to just open. Hey, just, uh, you know, just a little parenthesis for Nina because we love Nina. and We do love her yeah. deeply. This has but, been yeah. um, an absolute wild ride, guys. Uh, unlike any yeah. interview I've done yet. I'm, You're welcome. And like you've you've had like serious authors on the show as well. So, you know, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, and then I followed up with serious you guys. Authors. <laughs> like, we real serious people. Authors? Yeah, we are. Yeah. Hey, Christoph. You know, Paramula Targray. Could never. Hey, you guys could never. <laughs> never with Peter Rabbit. Never. So it's never, nice that you've elevated elevated yourself to include us. I yeah, really so. feel that that's what I I didn't come to your level. I came you up. Are, you are welcome. Thank you <laughs> so much. So remind me again, Out of Touch is due out when? September 19th. And Who Could Ever Love You? Asta Price is due out? August 8th. 8th of August. <laughs> yes. Beautiful. For anybody who hasn't, you can still pre-order. Um, I believe you've still got the hard copies available to pre-order as well. Yes. yes, and they'll yes. be. You can pre-order everywhere. Beautiful. And they'll Go be presented, do it. You will which... not be disappointed. They are gorgeous. We should probably promote. <laughs> <laughs> we will reveal the incentives. We just haven't quite finalized them yet, but there's time. There's yeah. time. We've got plenty of time. So keep your eyes peeled. Go and follow Michael and Amy if you want to find out more about those incentives. Follow Cloudy Day. And thank you so much, guys. This has been great. <laughs> Thank you for coming to our dinner. Like, <laughs> yes. Any time. The two Amy's, so Colleen and Henry and Thor and, and Peter. We, you know, we'll, we will commission some art for this. We shall. I think that's the first job I'm going to do is get some art. And we'll probably have to get, get a therapist for the artist. <laughs> I just think it would look so great in your house. Like your children would love it. Agreed. We all yeah, need a coffee in our homes. And um, perhaps we'll add that as available for pre-order once we get it made. <laughs> By the way, Peter Rabbit does win this. End of. Oh, yeah, there's no way he doesn't fucking win. No. I picked smart. Like... I might not, have picked, might not have picked with any, like, active brain cells, but it was a good pick. It was. So, 
And on that note, you two can picture Peter triumphant in in the quarter coel in the All Stars game of Hunger Games. Thank you so much, guys. Thank you for having Thank us. You.